0: They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced 4th and 26, stinks and trash. AI's crossover, throwing batteries at J.D. Drew, Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz, the Legion of Doom, and thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend, it's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. What is up, SoundCloud? What is up, iTunes? It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. John and Mita,
1: with shaking? Ah, uh, things are good in the, in the land of Philadelphia here, Bubba. Yeah. Couldn't be better. Couldn't be better.
0: Damn right. Damn right. And I wonder why that is. It might eagles just be... Fly, Flying fly,
1: fly, on the
0: road to love. Yeah, we'll take that we'll take that nine and one how's that how's that taste national Football League how's that taste I, Dallas I trolled I every know. Dallas fan I could think of in the last 24 hours and it was great I loved every second of it and I don't Jay care if Dallas? it com- I don't care if it comes back to haunt me I don't care uh, who, for those who moments it was just great
1: hey another another time where the Eagles own Jerry's world again yes again yes I love it. did you see you might have not saw this but People are, like, posting videos, but they were, like, doing Eagles chants, like, after the game. Like, just... Oh, I love it. And the stadium, there was just a group of, like, hundreds of Eagles and fans. Listen, I,
0: and, and uh the, the players talked about after the game, man, the fan support, they're traveling.
1: I mean, Pittsburgh, they travel well, too, but I'll tell you what, for this football team, you can always hear it. Yeah. You can hear Eagles chants pretty much every away game. If you, like, listen closely yeah. to the audio, you can hear Eagles chants.
0: Yeah. And you, mean, can they're hear, they're you can hear you can hear the crowd reacting to plays too that go in the Eagles yeah. favor on the road.
1: Exactly. I mean I mean, case in point, I'm in the Chargers game. The stadium was all Eagles fans. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah. Thirty seven to nine but... the final. I mean, I don't know what else you need. Thirty to nothing in the second half, which is just sweetness. Yeah. Kept the Cowboys out of the end zone in their stadium. Dallas now at five and five. They're officially in grease fire mode. Uh, They had a chance to save their season last night, give themselves a fighting shot over the last six weeks. And there was a little frustration early from yours truly, a little bit of, I mean, I saw this coming, but then the second half, it was not what I saw coming at all, which is Eagles just blowing the doors off. I think that's what you were thinking going in. It was Route City. I was a little bit more nervous. I had a little bit of Negadelfia in me. I was thinking, you know, coming off the bye, they've got their season to play for. Everybody's telling the Eagles how great they are. And then it turned out that yeah, they they are that good. And and I've said it before; I'll say it again. I was wrong on Poopy Peterson. He is showing this football team the way. I was wrong on the Ginger General. I apologize for both of those things. Wholeheart, well, maybe not Poopy Peterson because I still don't like <laughs> him that much. But on the Ginger General, he is the man, the myth, the legend, the greatest quarterback possibly in Eagles history. And he's got like he's got like fifteen starts, <laughs> yeah. twenty starts. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But seriously, we've never had a quarterback like this. I loved McNabb in the heyday. He was dynamic. He was awesome. But there was something, there was just something mechanically wrong with some of, you know, those worm burners. He just, he wasn't able to put a, put the team on his shoulders at the end of the day and, and win the big game. And I know Carson Wentz hasn't done that yet, but you just get the sense that this kid is the real deal. He's so poised. He's so calm. He has complete control of the offense. Nothing appears to phase him. And that's saying a lot for a guy, again, what, 23 starts in his career, 25 starts? Like, it's been unbelievable, man. They are clowning teams. I said this like three weeks ago. And they just keep beating teams by double digits by three and four and five touchdowns. Like, it's unheard of. I don't care about the Saints. I don't care about the Vikings. I'm always scared of the Super Bowl at this point, Bob. I'm all in. Where's the juice?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... It's remarkable. I mean, they come off they come off the bye and you're thinking, All right, first half you watch that game, they're like, Whew, talk about they got a little rust. They just weren't clicking. And then what they did in the second half. The only complaint I have, and we were talking about this all night last night, was that sometimes like they just just refuse to run the ball on first and ten. Yeah. Like they'll make a good pass play, they'll get a big chunk play, and then you know, Carson bails them out on a third down, and then for, they go right back to the pass. But the adjustments to the play calling, I mean, I think they called, what, 24 runs and eight passes in the second half, and they ended up getting 30 points out of it. Yeah, And you got to give props to all the players. I mean, Big V, you're talking about replacing a Hall of Fame left tackle. And we haven't heard Big V's name, and he's been just, everybody just steps up. And this team is real, and honestly, Joe, I think they have the best defense in football. Yeah. I really I, I really do. Coming into the season, we've talked about it many times on this show, the cornerbacks were going to be probably the weakness of this football team. And they turned out they are a great strength. I mean, they are just all over the place. Yeah, Ronald Garvey comes back. They look great. You know, that one was definitely probably taking away with pass interference, but we don't care about that. And then, you know, the turnover and – Listen, they they turned them over twice. Got great field position to put some points on the board, and they couldn't even put any points on the board off two turnovers. Right, and then Derek Barnett, what a rookie he's been! I mean, he was just causing havoc. Did you notice then,
0: how much he was on the field last night?
1: Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot.
0: And and a what lot. does that tell you? That that's the trajectory you want to see from a a rookie, whether it's first round, fourth round, sixth round. I don't care. Yeah. Right, you got to pay your dues early. You got to learn you got to get taken to school occasionally. But, boy, the last couple of games, that bye week looked like it helped him a lot as well, from a, maybe from a learning standpoint or just getting away and resetting. But, my goodness. And, and they're still rotating their defensive line. I mean, Chris Long comes in, has an impact on the game a few plays, a few snaps a oh, night. Um, I love that. Here's the thing that bothers me about the depth on this team, and it's like almost like a double-edged sword. They have so much depth, and they want to get so many guys involved on offense. Sometimes I get, especially last night, I get a little frustrated with it's like, and why are we like Wendell Smallwood didn't even play last night, as far as I know. If he was in, it was on special teams. I didn't see, I didn't see him once on the football. Nah, I,
1: I'm pretty sure he he's an active. There so. you
0: go. So you're talking about guys that like he was a big part of this team six weeks ago. Now he can't even get on the football field. But Kenyon Barner is getting a series. Clements getting two series. Blunt. Is, is not heard from for two quarters and then gets eight straight carries. And then you got Ajayi, who looks like he is literally running from the police every time he gets the football. Uh, he's been awesome. Yeah he's,
1: so, yeah, he's changing his number, by the way. Thank he's God. He's not going to be 36. You know who he's going to take. He'll be number 28 yeah. next year. You, yeah. you can mark my word yeah.
0: on that one. So, but it, yeah, I. I just I guess part of me is like sometimes I feel like guys can't get in a flow when they're you know, they're not in the game for a half a quarter because either the offense is three and out or you know, they're just try they try and get so many different people involved. It's like we've got this formation for this guy and this year. When that's not working, that becomes frustrating. Right now it's working, so there's not a lot to complain yeah. about, but I just have noticed that it's like everybody's getting their piece of the cake, which is a good way to keep everybody happy for the record. And you need that. But at some point, I'd like to see, like, let's get into a little bit more of a flow with this formation or this back, and just roll with it. I know they all have different skill sets. I get that, but I if that from a depth standpoint, it's like good to have all these weapons. But sometimes I'm like, Uncle, just like let's get into a rhythm.
1: Yeah, I, I think definitely when it comes down to running back, you know, because even with offensive linemen when they're blocking. Because a lot of these, all these running backs, they all have a different style. It's amazing. Yeah. But like, like to your credit, what you said before is that the fact that these guys, the coaching staff, some props, being able to keep all these guys happy and all a part of it, and that's what makes this team so special. Look at the resiliency they showed. You know, nine seven down at half, and then they come out and just score on three straight jobs. Right then. They lose their kicker, for God's sake. Yeah. And they got that third-string middle linebacker, and he's kicking the ball to the goal line, yeah. which is just Grudger. I mean, part of, me, part of
0: me is thinking, if, if, if the Eagles lose this game because their kicker got hurt, like, that's one of those, like, of course, right? Of course it happens to right. the Philadelphia Eagles. But they just <laughs> they just keep on rolling, man. It didn't matter. Gruger Hill comes in like he's been kicking his whole life. <laughs> it was I
1: incredible. Mean, and then you look, at, you look at the other thing, it's only two-point conversions. Yeah. So, They're five of six on this season. And they should have have been six for six. If if, if Zach doesn't follow that ball, Jalen Smith doesn't make that great play and strip them on pretty much the one yard line. Yeah. You know, they're six of six. And in Doug Peterson's two year coaching career, they're nine of 12. Yeah. Which, it's just when things are going good they're just going very well. I I mean, this team, there's something about them, Joe. I mean, I know we're all homers. We love this football team dearly. But there's just something special. Everybody seems to have bought in. They all love playing with – they're having so much fun. That's the other thing. You know, winning is the greatest elixir. When you're winning, everything is going right. You know, when you're not, it's – you know, it's people get mad, then people start talking – then the team chemistry is kind of all muffed up, and but it, it's exciting, man. And I like you said, the teams in the NFC, I don't, I don't really see. I, I, I fear no team. Obviously, you know, no- obviously, you
0: don't, you don't want to get into a shootout with Drew Brees in New Orleans if you were to play them in January, right? I mean, that's that's the one team, the one game, the one situation where you go, man, that guy's got the ball in his hands, and it's a one-score game late. You get you're you're nervous about that, but that's what the playoff. I mean, you're not going to cakewalk yeah. to the Super Bowl, right? They're they're lucky to be cakewalking to this division title, and I'm sure there'll be a setback along the way. There's going to be a game where they just don't show up. That's just human nature. Like I, I'm bracing myself for that. But yeah, this team right now, you talk about the confidence and the fun they're having, the play calling, like everything just seems they didn't execute in the first half last night. Other than that. You know, this has been a team that, for the most part, is doing what they want to do when they have the football. Third down, no yeah. big deal. Fourth down, no big deal. Uh, special teams, for the most part, as we expect them. You touched on the defense. We thought the secondary was going to be a joke this year. Patrick Robinson was getting roasted in training camp. He was the answer. Now you got Rasul <laughs> Douglas didn't step on the field last night, from what I could tell.
1: No, and you still got Sidney Jones and more right. on the sideline. Yeah, you might as I well heard. bubble
0: wrap him till next year, Bubba.
1: Absolutely. I don't um, see him coming Any back.
0: concern at all? Zach Ertz and, and the lack of impact last night. Remember, he missed the game a couple weeks ago. Coming off the bye, you're thinking he's healthy. He just did not look himself last night. Or at least the Zach Ertz we've seen this year.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, you know, obviously, I think it's one game back. There were just, I think maybe the Cowboys probably did a good job as far as coverage goes. Yeah, And kind of, that was, I mean, if you look at the Eagles offense this year, and the Eagles are having a great deal of success when Zach hurts is involved, he's making big chunk plays. But no, I think the Cowboys just that's probably one of the, the things that they won the limit and it just opened up, you know, Torrey Schmidt had a couple catches last night, made a great grab on the touchdown, and I just think Dallas kind of game planned that. I don't know if he was just he definitely didn't look like himself, but I, I don't think moving forward, I don't think You know
0: you know who else you know who else went back to last year's form?
1: Who's that?
0: Your boy number thirteen. Oh, uh, Nelson. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, he didn't have a great day, but I mean, uh, if he uh, hey, Bubba, yeah.
0: he looked a little like the bright lights. I don't know, yeah. Mita, I don't know, Johnny Meade. I don't. He's having I know, a Nelson. Nice, he's having a, he nice I say, I got he, a
1: flashback. I know, but if he, I mean, he's still like <laughs> he almost had a touchdown. I mean, his knee was on the ground, but that was a hell of a play. Yeah. stay up and I mean but you Look, know they're, hey, make, they're, big.
0: they're making big plays they're and if
1: that's all we have to complain about is the <laughs> lack of pride of Nelson Aguilar I think we're in good shape they're, here they're playing forward.
0: clean football I mean again a, almost a penalty free game they didn't turn the ball over this is where the team you know the last few years the, the frustrating part was they had some talent and you felt like they were close and they turned it over Or they take a bunch of dumb penalties and they shoot themselves in the foot. They're not doing that right now. And I'm telling you right now, I I told you this a month ago, and I'll say it again. It's the kid, man. I'm telling you right now, it's Carson Wentz is the absolute glue. This is not an overstatement. This is not breaking news. This is just reality. They like him. He gets it done. I think his teammates are amazed by him at times. I'm sure the coaches are amazed at times. But he's just, he is becoming a leader in front of our eyes again. 20 some starts in. It's incredible to think what the future could be if he stays healthy and they continue to to put resources in the right positions protecting him and skill position players, you know, and they continue to draft well, you could be looking at a team that might be double digit wins over the next 4 or 5 years easy. And I don't think that's I don't think that's too much of a leap. You know, I don't want to get no. again, it's 9 and 1-1 one, one season. I know they were 7 and 9. I know you and I had their doubts about even winning 10 games this entire year. But they're doing yeah. it. They're doing it now. They're learning how to win. They're playing confident football. I don't see how that changes at any point unless you suffer a catastrophic injury to number 11. I just don't see that changing. You know, they yeah. they are now the—I you know, know the rest of the division will get better. I get all that. But when you're looking at it today, right now, if you had a peg of favorite for the next half decade to be a, a perennial team to beat in the NFC, it's got to be them.
1: Well, yeah. Well, I and mean, you just look at the division. Obviously, the Giants—they're going to be moving on from Eli Manning. Right. They're going to have to find a new quarterback. The Redskins' quarterback situation—who knows if Kirk Cousins stays there or he goes somewhere else? Or so. And the Cowboys, obviously, with Dak Prescott and every all the players that they have, they can be formidable yeah. at times. But I mean, look at all the players in the secondary. This is a young football team. Yep. It's not like there is a lot of aging pieces. I mean, you know, some of the guys are a little older. Some of the receivers are, like... For the most part, and, and the, the other great thing is, you know, Howie Rosen has done a good job of just, you know, being able to fit these guys under the cap. And, you know, the Termy Jernigan signing, I don't know if he touched on it. It might have happened. We probably haven't done a podcast yet. But to lock that guy up for the next four years, you know, the play between him and Fletcher Cox coming up the middle. And like you said, you were talking about it before. They're like, I fear no team. I'm, you know, right to the Super Bowl if they play the patriots and this is all hypothetical and i hate to start this conversation but the one thing tom brady suffers from a is gap exact pressure right up the middle then he kind of goes into a shell and you look at teams like the the giants why were they able to beat tom brady in the super bowl why because they had a great defensive line and that's kind of where we are so Whew, it's feeling good, man. It's I know. It's feeling good. It was, but, you know, obviously a lot of things have to go, keep on going right for this football team. You look at Seattle, they suffered another catastrophic injury for them. Cam Chancellor, he's done with a neck injury. You know, Russell Wilson's still running for his life. So some of these games we thought might, you know, at Seattle, at Los Angeles, I mean, Los Angeles, you know, Minnesota put a hurting on them. Yep. So it's, it's. I mean, this team is full force, man. I don't know if they just keep playing like this. And the one thing, and let's go back to Carson Wentz. What a season, you know, 25 touchdowns, five interceptions through what, 10 games? I mean, that's remarkable. And the one thing, and I go back to it, I knew the Eagles had the right guy when they interviewed him on draft day after he gets drafted. And I don't know what reporter was interviewing him, but she said, I think it was one of the ESPN reporters, but... They're like, well, you're going to Philly, and, you know, if you're not playing well there, you know, they could boo you. And how do you feel about that? He goes, well, he's, he's like, I, he goes, I've never been booed at North Dakota State. And he goes, but if they boo, and he goes, bring it on. And that attitude of bring it on, that's a guy that tells you that he's fearless, that he's coming to this town, he's going to take it over. And that's what he's doing right now. And everybody is on board. You know, they talk about Alshon Jeffrey, and he's all – these receivers wanted to come here and play with this guy. Yeah, and that's awesome too. And you gotta love that because who knows what the future holds? But this is kind of setting up for kind of like an era of football, like when the Eagles were so good during the early two thousands. Yeah.
0: All right. Exactly. When got started. And you, yeah. And 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 look at look at the common denominator: franchise quarterback, great defense.
1: Exactly. And honestly, exactly. if you
0: want to if you want to compare the coaches, they're from the same tree. You know, it's 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 that it's that generation of Eagles 2.0. Yeah. Um, and look at
1: the look at the rush yards, Joe. I mean, 212 rush yards. I know. When you when you can run for 212 yards on an NFL defense, I'm not talking Cowboys. It's demoralizing. It happens. It's, it's incredible, and they just quit. You can tell me every the Cowboys do. Oh, that's yard. great. And when when they punted the ball back, it Dallas had three timeouts to go, and I go. And when they punted it back, the Eagles, I go. I wonder if they're going to call a timeout here. Nah. They were like, uncle, good night. Yeah. We got to prepare for a game on Thursday. And the Chargers are probably going to beat them on Thanksgiving, which will be another present to us. Listen, so.
0: listen, I got one more thing for you. On, on, I learned something last night. I learned who Dak Prescott's backup was. That was awesome.
1: Oh uh, yeah, Some white oh, I,
0: I don't remember his Brandon? name. I just...
1: Are you kidding me? Brandon Rush from the Central Michigan Chippewas? Wow. Oh, yeah. Is that him? <laughs>
0: Uh Dez Bryant, can we can we stop with the elite wide receiver conversation now? Can we just can we just stop with that? That guy nah, stinks. He's, just cuz he can, just I don't care. Just cuz he can catch a 50-50 ball. Alshon is banged up. He still many plays down the field. Des stinks. He's not a good teammate. He's not a good person. He's not a good wide receiver. End of story. <laughs> Done with him. Uh, All right, let's uh let's jump into the Sixers real quick, brother. Trust the process. Uh, JoJo uh, JoJo, hey! JoJo 46, 46
1: points. Oh, man. That game against the Lakers was one for the ages. I mean, how that guy dominated on both ends of the floor. And I, I love watching a big man being able to hit a free throw. I oh, mean, he's got a great how many stroke. big men? Great stroke. How many big men? I mean, he got like 18, 19 points just all free throws. And he was incredible. The one team, the one thing that just... And i got to give Ben Simmons props. Because, you know, I'm going to – listen, I can admit when I'm wrong. And one of the things that I worry about is, is this guy going to be able to play point guard? And he has proved me wrong. I wanted a more natural point guard. But this guy, he's been incredible setting up his teammates, driving, getting to the hole. He's he's the total real deal. If this guy gets a jump shot, he will be lethal. Because if they have that two-man game where he can pull up and hit a jumper – from 17 foot away, when you know pretty much defense is collapsing on Joel Embiid, it'll be scary. The one thing that just drives me crazy with this team is the fact that they turn the ball over 18 times a yes. game. And some of these turnovers are just terrible. I mean, just... And here's the deal, okay? You can turn the ball over to that many times a game and beat a bad team, but if you go up against a good team... And when I say good team, like a gold State Warrior team, yeah. and you turn a bar on that many times, you're going to get blown out of the gym. I don't care who you are. The turnover battle in many sports really is the tail of the tape. It decides games, and so so many times, game after game, if they could just clean up some of their turnovers. You know, Dario Sarge, he can't hit the broadside of a barn right now. He's been so off with his stroke. But And then, you know, it was just, I guess... Released yesterday that Markel Fultz will be on two to three weeks. So now we're talking about this is a six-week injury for this kid. Eight weeks. Clearly, the medical staff, again, goofed up. And this kid should have not been out there. Oh, and let's congratulations. Let me give a shout-out to Roco, Robert Covington. Oh, yeah, Roco. Big shot. Roco down that stretch. And they get that guy for $62 million over what? What is it? Four or five years? What a steal that contract was. This guy's been a great player on the defensive end. He was one of the first people involved in the Sam Hinkie, Sam Hinkie signed him off the, 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 the scrap heap, and he's been a great player for this team. And congratulations to him on earning that contract. He's worth it. You know, some of these NBA players are getting like $18 million, and they are not worthy of $3 million, a.k.a. Timothy Moscow. But like, you know, he, he's played well. He's hit some big shots, but it's exciting. This team's going to be, they're only going to get better. Obviously, health is always a big factor in this. And you know, once they kind of keep playing with one another, they start to mend a little bit, I, th- I think we're going to see some great improvement in this team.
0: Sixers, 8 and seven, eighth in the Eastern Conference. They host the Jazz tonight.
1: And uh yeah, Joel will be questionable. Yeah. I think he kind of got banged up. Yeah, so.
0: All right, uh, finally, we wanted to pay our respects and, uh, brotherly love podcast fashion to Doc Halliday, Roy Halliday, who passed away, uh, gosh, I guess almost, what, 10 days ago now? Yeah. Um, obviously just tragedy, uh, very tragic situation in that plane crash, um, craziness, but, uh. Some of those years kind of blend together for me, John, a meeting like obviously you have 08 and 09 that kind of separate themselves because they went the whole way in 08 and obviously the World Series in 09. But then, you know, the teams thereafter were 100-win teams and probably just fell short really of the expectations the city had for them and they had of themselves. So I kind of like, man, when did, when did Doc really come into the mix? How many years was he there? Like I just didn't, until you start reading some of the stats and kind of going back, I was like, I forgot about the back-to-back twenty-win seasons and the fact that like he was literally like well, I don't know forty and eight in his career as a Philly. Like I mean, he was like he was Doc, and you know you had the perfect game, you had the no hitter in the playoffs. When they won the division title, they're showing him in the locker room spraying champagne. I don't think he'd been to the playoffs before because the Blue Jays were a grease fire. And so it's just nice to see that he embraced the city, his family embraced the city, because he wasn't there as long as he was Toronto, right? At the end of the day, Doc Halliday up in Canada is a Blue Jay and like a national figure up there. Because Toronto, the Blue Jays are, are essentially all of Canada's team, right? That's that's their group. There are no more expos. Or, and so for, for Doc Halliday and his family to kind of come to Philadelphia, not be there as long, but embrace the city, embrace the organization. Um, and so a lot of times, obviously, when somebody passes, whether young or old, you start to reflect back on some of that stuff, and it makes it a lot more difficult to swallow or it makes it a lot more emotional in that sense. So he seemed like a great guy from all indications. His teammates, his former teammates, the outpouring of uh, stories and vignettes that you heard about. I mean, that, all that stuff really resonated, I think, with me maybe two, three days after his passing as opposed to the initial. You have that initial shock, and you're like, man, it's crazy. He's so young. He's gone. Loved him. But then you start to see some of those numbers. You read some of the stories. They have that service for him. You see stuff on social media. You see these articles about him. You you start reading about his family. Like that really brings it home. So um, obviously a great pitcher, maybe the best of his generation. Very dominant, hard worker, and a no nonsense guy. Like he didn't he didn't he was low maintenance by all accounts, and he just he went about his business. And in Philadelphia. We love that, right? I mean, look at the athletes: Utley, Dawkins. You know, those are the guys that jump out. Iverson. You know, they they lay their body on the line and they bring it every night. And Doc Halliday was ready to go every fifth day or sooner. And goddamn, was he was he dominant for a very long time in Major League Baseball.
1: I'll never forget, like when the when the Phillies acquired I was just like so excited, yeah, because you knew. You had an ace. You had one of the best pitchers in baseball.
0: Well, hang on. Let me stop and, for a second. Wasn't then like sure. moments later we found out we lost Cliff Lee? Yeah. <laughs> because yep. I remember going, we got Doc Halliday, but wait, Cliff Lee's gone, and then yeah. it was like then Lee came back, obviously, and then it was the four aces, yeah. and but that was a pretty yeah, yeah. that was an emotional like hour for Philadelphia sports fans.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty crazy time, but just some of the memories, you know. I, you know, the no hitter in the playoffs, man. It was just, you were just so glued to your television. I mean, I was just sitting at my house at Brimois watching, It's just what a professional this guy was. I mean, the the story that Chase Dutley tells great. First day showed up. Yeah. So Chase Dutley and Brian Schneider are headed to Clearwater to uh, get the morning work done and spring training. I see now they go in the cafeteria and Doc Holly sweating profusely and. Turns out that he's already been there. Chase suddenly asked him if it was raining outside. He goes, No, I've just been here working out. And (laughs) from that point on, I mean, what a great story. It just tells you who the guy was. Such a great family man. He's got two young boys and his wife, Brandy. And it's just such a tragedy. But the guy was just, gave you so many moments. And like you said, just every time that guy was on the mound, you felt like. The Phillies were gonna win that yeah. night. And you knew and you, knew, awesome. and you
0: knew nothing if nothing else, he was laying it on the line. Like you weren't gonna get a two inning start. Um uh, nah. and if and if you did, it was like he had the look of like stabbing somebody on the way to the dugout.
1: Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Definitely. He had that he, he, fierce competitor. Yes. Oh yeah. If you if you take him out of the game, he was pissed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He
1: just realized that right. he was just shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like and and that's and think about how many young players on that Phillies team that he helped grow. Yep. You know, a guy like Cole Hamels. and It was just, hes yeah, man, he's going to be missed here. And for those jackasses in Boston yeah, just... that came out and just gave their banter, of, you know, the guy got what he deserved if he was a thrill seeker. Those guys can all shove it. They can just not be on the radio ever again. And, uh, you know, we're going to remember him for the great – Pitcher he was, and also an even better person. So yeah, karma's a bitch so, to, yeah. those,
0: to those two donkeys.
1: Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Total donkeys. I think they said something before. Another ridiculous. They're just shocked, you You know, they're just trying to get ratings, just trying to get people to talk about them. Yeah, but yeah, we're gonna talk about you because you guys are idiots. Yeah. So.
0: What do you got for anyway. me on the Bears in 30 seconds? Here as we fire out of uh, the Brotherly Love Podcast. Yeah. Just but 56 to two, sixty-three yeah. to six.
1: Yeah, you know, I kind of, uh, I see, uh, let's, let's go, uh, it's going uh, to be 38-6, to okay, Eagles? Wow. Keep on rolling. Put up another 30 points. Defense is going to hold strong. you got a rookie quarterback coming in. And the link, let me tell you something, you haven't been there yet, and you're going to get there pretty soon. But your beautiful wife will be accompanying us this weekend, which I'm totally Oh, yeah, that's for, right, too. yeah. The noise, the crowd down there, it's been rough. So as long as we keep that up. We must protect this house. I think we are going to protect the house. I look for another drubbing. And the good thing is, with Chicago, they're bringing in a great run offense. So these two guys, Cohen and Howard, sound like a law firm. These two guys together. So it'll be interesting to how, see how the Eagles keep running that
0: Good stuff. I'm saying uh, Zach Ertz kicks six field goals.
1: There we go. And, he scores, and he
0: scores two touchdowns. There we go. Shout out to our real listener, Kieran Dolan. I saw you last night. You're getting a shout out on the podcast. Thanks for listening, buddy. Love that. Love that. Well, shout out, love. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast for John Mita, Joe O'Donnell. Always a pleasure. Thanks for the love and support. Go Birds, 9 Till one Until next time, we'll see Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.